0: Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. So then, putting away falsehood, let us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give peace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal On the day of your redemption, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and live in love. As Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
2: the gospel according to Luke. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. He took them with them and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about him, they followed him, and he welcomed them. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that we may go into the that we may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are, about, we, we are to go and buy food for all these people, for there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about fifty each, They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Thank you. I believe in God the Father Almighty First, and this last even song of this season, I bid you your last soup, which is sweet potato lentil. So we hope you'll join us afterwards for a meal. We are blessed by uh, the presence of the Illuminari Choir. Uh, thank you for closing our season on such a beautiful note. It's, a, it's a wonderful to have you all with us. And we welcome any guests from Youngstown as well who, who are with us as well to help us conclude our season. Our preacher this evening is the Reverend Gail Cantonella. Gail is uh, the rector of St. John's in Youngstown and we are pleased to have her with us once again for Evensong. Gail.
3: Good evening everybody. What a pleasure to be with you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There was once a king who had no son and longed for an heir who would succeed him on the throne. So he posted a notice inviting young people to apply to to consider being adopted into his family to become his heir. All he asked of the applicants were that they should love God and love their neighbor. A poor peasant boy saw the notice and thought that he would have no chance of being adopted by the king because of the ragged clothes that he wore. So he worked very hard until he had just enough money to buy a new set of clothes. Wearing these new clothes he set off to the palace to apply for the position. Now as he was journeying toward the palace the boy met a poor beggar on the road. The man was shivering with cold shivering and the boy felt sorry for him so he exchanged clothes with him as he was now back to wearing beggars clothes it hardly seemed worth going to the king's palace but he had come so far come so far already so he decided to keep going at least to see the palace from the outside when he arrived he was greeted by the scornful laughter of the courtiers and their sneering remarks. (coughs) Nevertheless, he was finally admitted into the presence of the king. There was something strangely familiar about that king, and at first the boy could not make out what it was. Then he realized the king was wearing the clothes that he had given to the old beggar a few hours ago along the road. The king came down from the throne and embraced the boy. Holding him close in his arms, he said, Welcome home, son. This is a story from my Margaret Silf Wisdom Stories book, and it reminds me of two things. That we all have a vocation in the moment, and that there are always opportunities to live into it. At St. John's, we have been talking intensely about vocation. We are part of a three-year, 24-congregation, ecumenical, national study on vocation. Through it, we learn that vocation is not the work you do or the life you have chosen. Instead, each of us is called by God, given gifts and talents that are particular to us, and we are to live seeking daily how we are to use them. Most of us think about our vocations as we're graduating from school or are about to retire. Those life moments are ripe for reflection and opportunity and hopefully we take seriously what God is asking of us, what God might be calling each one of us to do. And then there's today and tomorrow and the next week. Each of those moments also need to be contemplated as God puts opportunities in our path in big and small ways to help build the kingdom of God. We at St. John's have spent a year chewing on this, and one of the activities we did was a summer of vocation minutes, or as I sometimes like to joke, vocation three minutes, depending on the person. A variety of people stood up at the announcements and talked about what they consider to be their vocation. And of course, there were some who talked about their professions. One English teacher who might or might not be in the studio audience tonight gave hers in rhyme. Some talked about the volunteer work that they do or avocations like photography. Each time people spoke with passion. And there was not a dry eye in the house. You can read some of them actually on our website. My very favorite, though, was the last one. Mara talked about the vocation of friendship. She talked about being available for people, about the crises in life that she helped to navigate, and how this stems from the experience of crises in her own life that helped, and what friends had meant to her in those moments. And she's right. She is a tremendous friend. What is interesting about all of this is that I didn't know what anyone was going to talk about ahead of time. And each one was different. And each one touched our hearts as truly and absolutely holy. So when you think of your vocation, I want you to think broadly. Charlie King has a song that starts, Our life is more than our work, and our work is more than our job. God is calling you now. Are you listening? And will you answer? Today we celebrate a woman who answered with her whole life, Frances Perkins. What an incredible and holy woman. She wasn't a nun or a priest, she didn't run a homeless shelter or engage in what we might consider sacrificial pursuits. She was the first woman to be a member of a president's cabinet, Secretary of Labor under President Roosevelt. She was instrumental in helping the nation to recover from the Great Depression by helping to implement the New Deal. She gave her life to public service in politics and in higher education. She must have been one tough woman. Frances Perkins was also unashamedly Christian. She became an Episcopalian as a young adult and dedicated her life to her faith. She prayed. She regularly attended church and sought the counsel of the church. She regularly went on retreat. She was an advocate of God's justice and was unafraid to speak to that. Her vocation was as a leader, a teacher, and an activist, and she pursued her call until her death in 1965. The readings today help us to understand that embracing our vocation doesn't need to be complicated. In fact, it takes three things. I like threes. Three things. First, we need to be kind to ourselves. Paul tells the Ephesians that it is okay to be angry, but not to be bitter, not to give in to the temptation to be malicious or slanderous. We need to invest in prayer and self-care so that we can be calm and level-headed about the problems of the world. Bitterness and scorn are a distraction. Second, we build relationships based on kindness. We are tender-hearted, forgiving, in other words, imitators of God. Paul tells the Ephesians to remember God's love and forgiveness of us and to take that into the world. We love at a personal sacrifice as Jesus did. We have his example of how to build a community of care, recognizing the gifts and vocation of everyone and being grateful for our own. And finally, we hear in the Gospel of Luke the story of the feeding of 5,000 men. So think 15,000, right? With five loaves and two fishes. The disciples had just returned from a mission trip that was incredibly successful. They spread that good news, and they engaged God to cure the sick. They were amazed as they returned. They had stories to tell. But people followed them and Jesus and there were other needs to be met. They wanted to talk about their adventures. They wanted Jesus to send those crowds away. But Jesus told them to take care of people. To feed them. And here we come to the third necessary piece of embracing our vocation. And that is simply to believe not in ourselves, but in God. To believe that feeding so many people was not only possible, but part of the deal. To believe that God would and does provide everything we need. To believe that God will work through us for the good. To believe that when we offer ourselves, God will make good things happen. Grounding ourselves in prayer and a healthy life, Grounding ourselves in loving and compassionate relationships. Grounding ourselves in our belief in God. It's a lifetime of work. I get that. But that's okay. There are always going to be opportunities to bring God's love in the world. Sometimes it doesn't happen the way you think it will. And that's a good thing. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. I was a Giant Eagle the other day, and a woman dropped some things on the floor. And I asked to help her, thinking I was pretty great for noticing, you know, good job being a Christian gale. And she said, no, do not help me. Okay. Okay. But luckily it isn't about us, right? It's about God. And about affirming the vocation of other people, not just our own. It's about cultivating the compassion and the ability to listen so we will be ready. It's about putting aside distractions so we can readily respond to the situations that God puts in our way. We cannot all be Frances Perkins. But even Frances knew she couldn't do it alone. That she needed an entire community. The communion of saints. Daily prayer and the guidance and love of Jesus Christ. I do not doubt that you are already doing tremendous things. I do not doubt that God uses you to God's glory on a regular basis. I do not doubt that God has given you everything you need to build up the kingdom of God in your world as it is right now. We are so blessed to have each other for encouragement and assistance to bless and to pray. God is calling you and calling us to attend to a broken world. Will you pay attention? Will you say yes?
4: Thank you.
2: stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Amen. Let us say together the fifth prayer on page three. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house of gate of heaven to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends
4: nor beginnings,
2: but an equal
4: eternity.
2: In the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world. of God, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always.
4: Amen.